Collective Cast Number 13, Honoring My Inner Ghostbuster. You're tuned to the Collective Cast. Agents of the Collective strive to fight, adapt, and grow. Whether facing the evils of the world or those within ourselves, we support one another and leave nobody behind. And now, here's your host of the Collective Cast, The Cryptic Chameleon. Hello everybody, yes, my name is Chris, also known as The Cryptic Chameleon. Welcome back to episode 13 of the Collective Cast. I hope you've all been doing well. It has been a while. In fact, it's been since, um, I want to say October when the last episode uh, took place. And there's been a lot of stuff going on uh, between now and then. And, uh, you know, hey, life gets in the way sometimes, but I'm back and I'm happy to be here. And there's been a lot of changes, uh, both to the podcast, my life, and a whole bunch of other things. And some things I've learned about myself along the way, which is always important. So, first of all, if you haven't gone to CollectiveCast.com recently... CollectiveCast.com has been updated and newly improved. It's now running off of a software called Castapod. It's an open source software that uh, facilitates the creation of podcasts and uh, and enabling podcasts to participate in the podcasting 2.0 standard. It's not to say that my previous host, Buzzsprout, uh, didn't do a good job. They did a great job. I just am not producing this show often enough that I can justify paying every month for it. So, um, we changed things up over the past week, and uh, that was a very, very good experience. In fact, the nice thing about the website now is it's part of what's known as the Fediverse. So, what is the Fediverse, you might ask? Well, there are a variety of social networks out there. Friendica is one of them, uh, Playrama, and uh, of course, the big one is Mastodon. All of these use a structure known as Federation or Activity Pub. And what that means is that you can connect to people across different social networks all at the same time using one login. I personally am part of the podcast index.social Mastodon instance, but my website, the collectivecast.com website, actually has a federated account as part of it. So my podcast actually has an account that's part of the Fediverse. So if you are on a federated Mastodon instance or another federated uh, site, you can actually interact directly with the website without even going to the website. And that uh, ID on the Fediverse is collectivecast at www.collectivecast.com. That is where the Fediverse connection happens. So if you're on a federated uh, social network, you can actually interact with me there now uh, using collectivecast at www.collectivecast.com. Yes, you have to use the full web address. There's not much else I could do about that at this point in time. I also have a little bit of new equipment, so I invested in a new microphone. Not that the Heil PR35 wasn't a great microphone, but I now have a Rode Procaster which is a phenomenal microphone, and in some ways I like it a little bit better than the Heil PR35, even though the dynamic range is a little bit less. 
I also have a new feedback email address. So feedback at collectivecast.com is the place you can send your messages to and uh, where you can submit your stories. And that brings me to the next part, something else that's slightly changing but not changing a lot. So at one point I was saying that I wanted to get stories of gamers and streamers and people in that community that have overcome adversity. And I decided that's kind of casting too small of a net. So if you're listening and you've ever encountered adversity and overcame that adversity and learned from it, I want to hear your story. And I think that other people would love to hear those stories as well. So if you're interested in sharing your story, just give me a brief summary, feedback at collectivecast.com, and I'll get in touch with you and we can set up a time to record. Speaking of, so this is the collective cast, and I want to answer the question who is the collective or who are the collective? Well, originally my idea was uh, as a game streamer, I call myself the cryptic chameleon and the collective is supposed to be the kind of uh, spy agency that I work for. All right. So that that's where the idea originally came up. But if we think about it and if I think about it, we are all part of a collective together. And I think that that's expanding the reach. We are all people that are trying to learn from our journeys and our, our place in life to be able to find ways to get over our own issues and to connect with others. That's the collective. So going forward, the collective is all of us, essentially. Uh, anybody that's listening or may potentially listen, anybody out in the world that is forging their path, that is the collective. And last but not least, being that the message not the message, but the, the kind of sense of who the collective is has changed. Right now, I kind of have a building uh, that it's actually a, a shadowy version or a, a kind of reverse shadow version of a church in Europe. And uh, that's the logo I use for the collective cast as a main logo. But the fact is, is that I don't know that that actually is going to support the mission of what this podcast is about going forward. It's going to be about either my personal journey and things I'm observing along the way, or hopefully stories from you in your own words of times that you've overcome adversity and what you took away from that experience, and I'll be happy to interview you and be the facilitator on that. So again, if you're at all interested, um, I could definitely use some help in terms of ideas for artwork, or if you are an artist, I would love to see uh, you know, your idea for a new podcast logo. Crowdsourcing this stuff is always great. Or if you have ideas for individual episode artwork, I mean, I can and have produced individual episode artwork, but... You know, if you are an artist and you have the time and want to do it and want to contribute to the show and have your art on the show, I will give you full credit across the board. And also, if you have any ideas for a new opening sequence in terms of audio, that would be great as well. I'd, I'd be very happy to hear those ideas. Or if you have something and want to send it, uh, again, feedback at collectivecast.com is the place to do it. And now, so to speak, on with the show. So... What does honoring my inner Ghostbuster mean? What does this actually have to do with anything in terms of life journey? So you all know, or you should know at this point, that a new Ghostbusters movie came out, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and it was much better received than the 2016 reboot. 
of Ghostbusters. And in some ways, it was uh, even better received by some people than the second Ghostbusters movie, which was basically a cookie-cutter cutout of the first Ghostbusters movie. And yeah, critics have mixed reviews on this, and I'm sure that even though I've only seen the movie once and I really enjoyed it, I'm probably going to watch it again, and maybe I won't like it as much, or maybe I'll like it more. I don't know. But what does this have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with honoring my inner child and things that I gave up in the name of quote-unquote being an adult and the fact is is that yes we do have to give up certain things as we move into adulthood but there's some things that we have to give up and there are some things we don't have to give up and the problem is is trying to sort out the difference between the two what are things that actually should be kept about our internal passions, personalities, and things like that, and what are the things that need to be set aside in the name of being an adult. So when I was growing up, the first movie I ever owned on VHS, yes, I'm that old, was Ghostbusters. And I watched this movie obsessively. The movie came out in 1984, which was the year after I was born. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it on VHS. And I remember my aunt bringing me to see the second one in 1989 in the theaters. And I used to play Ghostbusters out in the yard. I had all the Ghostbusters toys. I had the toy proton pack, but nobody wants the toy proton pack. Everybody wants a real, you know, adult-sized proton pack. And I always dreamed of that as a child. And near my my, my mom's house, there there's a lower barn area. And there's almost like a cliff with like a rock there. And I remember my sister and I playing and kind of quote-unquote falling off of this little cliff in a safe way. We were basically crawling down this rock, but we would always simulate this scene from the Ghostbusters where the street opens up and all the Ghostbusters fall in and they have to climb their way back out and then there's cheering and, and everything as they go into the building to fight the ghosts, uh, to fight Gozer. And I actually talked about this in therapy at one point when I was still in therapy with um, with my therapist. And he asked me, what is it about Ghostbusters that is resonating so deeply with you that you connect with it in this way? And I had never really thought of that. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, I kind of felt a little bit like the character of Egon, played by Harold Ra- the late Harold Ramis. And... Um, I always thought that I was the brainiac and that I was, uh, you know, outside of the other group. I kind of didn't have a good grasp of social connection. But over time, I've realized that I'm more like Ray. Uh, Ray understands all the scientific stuff, but he's really passionate and excited uh, about sharing things that he's excited about with other people. And he's kind of the heart of the Ghostbusters versus being the brain of the Ghostbusters. And that kind of resonates with me. The other pieces that resonate with me is it was a bunch of guys coming together and just doing their thing, sometimes out of desperation, not always necessarily having a clue of what they were getting themselves into, but still somehow bumbling their way into saving the world. And it's not to say that they were completely clueless or that they didn't have any adversity, but it's just the way that that movie connects along those themes the idea of teamwork the idea of camaraderie the idea of 
uh, using technology in a way to further your dreams and passions and things like that, um, it all of that resonated so deeply with me as a child. And yeah, you had the real Ghostbusters cartoon show, which I have gone back and watched episodes of it, and it's not the heavy-handed, let-me-teach-you-a-life-lesson type of show. Yeah, you you see people learning from their experiences and learning from their mistakes, but it's not done in an extremely heavy-handed way. So I really resonated with that as well. And so all of those things are th reasons why I really loved Ghostbusters growing up and even into my mid-adulthood or, or mid-to-early-adulthood when I was 30. I remember having a birthday party for my 30th birthday and my friends came and I instead of gifts I asked for donations so that I could purchase a proton pack at some point uh, you know which is very expensive to build to build a good proton pack it's going to cost you between fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars depending on the materials you use the technology and even getting a fiberglass proton pack shell uh, which is just the beginning the basis of the pack you're talking anywhere from $250 to $500, really depending on, again, materials, sourcing, um, you know, how closely they're related to the original props, etc. Anyway, and I at that time, I also had these things by a company called Maddie Collector, which is a subsidiary of Mattel. I had the Mattel PKE meter, which was a prop replica and a ghost trap uh, toy prop replica. You can call it toys, but really, they're prop replicas. And I ended up buying a proton pack shell and then was immediately intimidated because I have no construction skills whatsoever. I am not a maker, so to speak, in the traditional sense. I'm not great with tools. I'm not great with, um, you know, putting stuff like that together. I can and probably will learn more of that stuff over time, especially given stuff that I'll tell you later. But I had all this stuff, and at one point, I remember somebody saying to me at my birthday, I was like, yeah, I'm 30 now, and, I'm, and you know, and, you know, as a kid, I really, really loved Ghostbusters and, you know, was probably too obsessive over it. And th this, friend said, this friend says to me, yeah, and you're 30 and nothing has changed. Now, they probably meant that in a good way, but, like, internally somewhere in the back of my mind, I, I clocked that or I read that later on as almost saying, you know, you're still acting like a child here. And I don't think that that was the person's intent, but that was how I interpreted it. And at some point or another, like, yes, I have a Ghostbusters uniform in it. I have a custom name tag and I have a patch from, you know, I have the patch on the shoulder and it's the same type of flight suit that they wear. And, you know, I've custom ordered the elbow pad. So every, every Christmas, I almost said, Happy Christmas, by the way. Uh, every Halloween, I would go out as a Ghostbuster and still do when I go out uh, with Linus, my son, and, uh, you know, it's, it, and with, you know, even with Tanya, uh, we w all went out together. I was dressed as a Ghostbuster, and, you know, I enjoyed that. But at some point in my adult life, probably at the age of 33, Ding, 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 ding. It, I think it was around 33 or 34. Um, one, I wanted to get money for other things. And two, um, I felt like I was letting go of something childish by saying, I don't want to obsess over this Ghostbuster stuff anymore. 
So I sold the replicas that I had, which now, by the way, to get them is extremely expensive uh, online. I eventually even sold the Proton Pack fiberglass shell over eBay, and I got rid of it all. And in my in, in that moment, even though I, I'm pretty sure part of me died inside, and I, I can acknowledge that now, a lot of it, like in that moment, I was like, well, I'm an adult now. It might hurt, but I have to let go of this. And when push comes to shove, no, I didn't. And in conversations with um, Tanya and other people around me since then, um, you know, Tanya, who is my ex-wife, you know, said, hey, you know, when I think about that, it actually hurt me to see you let go of that stuff because it was something that you really cared about. And my thought at the time was again, well, yeah, but that's childish. I need to put away childish things. I need to be more serious, you know? And yeah, there are plenty of adults out there that have proton pack replicas and that go to conferences and stuff like that. But I, you know, there was always this sense internally that like, well, yeah, those guys, you know, they're comfortable enough with themselves to do that. And I, I'm not, you know, and I actually met up with one of those groups in my state at one point and I just didn't feel like I fit in. And, and that wasn't their fault. It's just because I I felt like I was kind of lying to myself. Like, I, oh, I'm not as into it as these guys are, you know? And so I let go of that dream. I grew up, so to speak, and I sold all my Ghostbuster stuff except for the uniform, which I would still wear on Halloween. And I just let go of it all. And it hurt. And it's taken me a long time to realize that I truly gave up something of myself that wasn't overly childish because everybody's got something they obsess with. Some people obsess with Legos. Some people obsess with games. Some people obsess with Lord of the Rings, which I kind of have a little bit of a slightly larger than normal knowledge of, but definitely not as deep as Ghostbusters. Um, but people always have something that they gravitate to, even as adults. They have hobbies. They have aspects of that inner child that they still foster. And it really hurt to let go of that. So come this year, and this has been in the works for a while, uh, a new movie called Ghostbusters Afterlife was coming out. And this was slated to come out last year, but COVID. And they pushed it forward, and they pushed it forward again. And I knew I was going to go see this on opening day. I knew that this was going to happen whenever it was going to happen. But shortly before then, there was a really big announcement. And keep in mind, this is, this is after I've been through a good amount of therapy. Hasbro announces something. They announce that they're making a one-to-one full-scale proton pack replica based on 3D scans of the props used in the new movie. And in fact, they already had a wand, the Neutrona thrower, the Neutrona wand, that was 3D scanned and recreated based on the new movie. So they already had that, and they're still selling that. You could pre-order it because they're currently out. But the proton pack was something that you had to order and only people that ordered it during a specific time frame were going to get it. And so after being through therapy, I realized that this is not a bad part of me and I have every right to be excited. So I spent the money 
and I got I ordered at the same time within an hour of this thing going live uh, a wand and the pack. Now I'm not going to get the pack until 2023 because it takes a long time to put the materials together to get uh, everything you know molded and for them to mass produce these things. So they're estimating 2023, but. I was showing it to everybody. I showed it to Tanya. I showed it to my my friends that I've reconnected with, uh, you know, over the past several months. And all of them universally were basically saying, you know what? It might not be for me, but that is friggin' cool that there's a proton pack replica that is mass produced that looks that good and that you you can follow your passion with. So I'm really excited about this. But meanwhile... There's a movie coming out. So this happened about a month before the movie came out. So I wanted to do something special with my son Linus, but I didn't want him to know about it. And so I ordered tickets for the movie. The day before we were going to go see the movie, I went to a grocery or I ordered a cake from a grocery store and it had the Ghostbusters logo printed out on kind of that uh that sugar paper stuff. And they they covered the sides of the cake with slime and it, like what, icing that looked like slime. It was amazing. So the day comes that we're gonna th- that it's the opening day of the movie. It's technically open the night before Thursday night, but technically the release date is Friday. So um, I have tickets already. I'm ready to go there. And I I I, I pick him up. And I bring him back and I and back to my place and I'm telling him, look, like, um, just let you know, I I have an appointment. It's been an appointment that I made for months and it, it's right around lunchtime. So, you know, we'll figure out lunch after that. And then what I did was while he was watching TV, I snuck into my bedroom, put on my Ghostbusters uniform and then put a fleece uh, jacket that I was already wearing previously over it. So it looked like I just changed my pants into khaki pants. And I uh, say, okay, let's go. And we get in the car and we drive over to near where the movie theater is. And uh, he was making observations about the area. And I said, yeah, my appointment's up near there, you know. And we get up the hill and we pull into the movie. And, and he was smart enough to ask, like, wait, is it November 11th? Which is funny because that was the date it was originally going to launch this year, but they pushed it forward another week, or they pushed it back another week, rather. And uh, so we get to the theater. I take off my fleece. I show him I have the Ghostbusters uniform underneath. I had already pre-ordered popcorn and soda. We went in. We had a great time watching the movie. Um And then what else he didn't know was I had pre-ordered pizza to be ready right around when the movie came was done. So we went and picked up the pizza, which he didn't see coming. We came home, ate about two slices because we had eaten popcorn, you know. And then after that, for dinner, we had the pizza again and we had the cake. And it was just an incredible experience. It was one of those instances where I know that my relationship with my son is imperfect because I saw him as competition for love and attention when he was younger. And so I always saw him as competition and I was always competing with him for getting getting the attention of Tanya and uh, to try to get her love. And so I always got jealous of him and that you know, is going to have negative impacts in the future, I'm sure, and has already had negative impacts. But being able to make these great, father-son memories. This is something that he'll remember and I'll remember for the rest of our lives. This epic day that he didn't know he was going to the movies 
and we had popcorn and we had cake and we just made an absolute amazing day out of it. That was honoring my inner child while connecting with my actual child. And I couldn't have done that if I hadn't been okay with my love and obsession of Ghostbusters. It ju- And he's legitimately excited about my Proton Pack too. He actually said like, you know what? Like, I wouldn't want you to buy me one, but I'm really excited about it. So it's all about making these new memories and finding ways to accept these things of yourself, um, to accept the childhood movie obsessions or cartoon obsessions that you had, to accept certain aspects of your child that maybe you thought people were judging you about. You know, I know that I felt judged. And nobody was probably judging me. Like, I told my boss I was ordering this Proton Pack, and she was like, well, what's the, why are you getting it? And I explained. I'm like, it connects with my inner child, and it's just a cool thing to have, you know? And, uh, you know, even she accepted that. She thought that was cool. And other coworkers that I told about thought it was cool. They might not understand spending the money and, and stuff like that because they wouldn't, but they still think that I have that passion about it and that I'm honoring that passion is cool. And that's the fact of things. Like we're, we're always so, at least I'm always so concerned about, oh, well, what if other people see me as childish? What if other people see me as a know-it-all? Uh, what if other people see me as this, see me as that, etc. And it's about letting go of that and just enjoying the crap out of something. And so I am. And I'm not doing it perfectly because there's no perfect way to enjoy everything, but I I am enjoying it and I'm enjoying life a lot more uh, as I go through these cycles of figuring things out. So that is why my relationship with Ghostbusters is so significant because it was something that started as a child that I gave up thinking I was giving up something that I needed to to be a quote-unquote real adult and something I've reconnected with and that has re-inspired me in my life and has allowed me to connect better with others because of it. So, in short, you don't have to give up your childhood obsessions to be a quote-unquote adult or an adult. So, wow, that was a that was a very long-winded story, but I just wanted to share that with you, especially as we're going into the new year, we're getting into... Uh, the holiday season, you know, today is actually Christmas Eve, tomorrow's Christmas, and a week from now is a new year, and maybe I'll make another podcast uh, start in January to talk a little bit about some of my plans for the new year. Now, if you happen to like the story you just heard, this is what I refer to as a value-for-value value podcast, actually a t- uh, term coined by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of the No Agenda podcast, what that means is this. If you like what you're hearing, then please find some way to, uh, you know, show your appreciation. Uh, You know, this is called value for value. So on one hand, uh, you can leave feedback. You can share this show with somebody. Share it out there. Let other people know it's out there. Um, You can participate by sharing your story with me and come on the air, you know, come on to the podcast. I'll interview you. We'll have a great time. And I'd love to hear your stories about how you overcome adversity or have overcome adversity. And last but not least, you can donate. There is a PayPal link in every single episode that you can donate to show your appreciation. There are other things as well. I would love to see artwork, music, whatever. Um, As the show evolves, 
those things really, really help to sell the show and explain Expo, uh, expose the show to others and make it attractive to others as well to listen. So um, that's that's really really um, you know it, it's it's really cool to see that level of participation. And last but not well, last but not least, in terms of value for value, I actually have a Bitcoin Lightning node coming soon, where you'll be able to, if you want to, support by streaming Satoshi's through the latest value for value um podcasting 2.0 enabled uh podcasting apps out there such as breeze um or such as sphinx you'll be able to do that and um that's another way to show value so it's it's something new that's going to be coming soon and i i definitely appreciate that uh if and when that shows up that hey if you'd like to uh support the show that way you can I also want to give a shout out to a podcast called Bowl After Bowl. Bowl After Bowl is a podcast where there is discussion of marijuana, the legalization status of marijuana in different places, and just an overall enjoyment of life talking with other people. They do uh, Bowls with Buds, um, which is where uh, Dame DeLorean and uh, Sir Spencer interview friends uh and interview other people out there that have podcasts and they actually gave a shout out to the RL malpractice podcast even though i didn't ask for it um i left them some feedback and so i'm giving them another shout out here because they're two wonderful people and it's a it's a great podcast and i definitely recommend giving it a listen if you do want to leave feedback of any kind the best place to do that is feedback at collectivecast.com you can uh, you can see that link in the show notes, and I definitely would appreciate hearing from you in the future. And with that, we're gonna wrap up. Uh, we're gonna wrap up episode thirteen of the Collective Cast. I really do enjoy getting to do this from time to time, and I hope to be a little bit more consistent with it in the future. But it can be it can be a challenge, but I'm still here, still podcasting along. I'm Chris, also known as the Cryptic Chameleon out there. Thank you for being part of the collective and fighting, adapting, and growing. We'll see you next time. Take care.